This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi, everybody. Welcome in. It's the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. And greetings from Studio B on Airline Drive, the headquarters for the Saints and Pelicans. I'm Sean Kelly, and uh, greetings to you on this Monday, an Easter Monday for many. I know a lot around uh, here may be off today. I know some schools are off today as well. I don't know your situation, but I hope the week is starting off well. I hope you had a good weekend, too. And as I mentioned, for many, it was Easter weekend. But otherwise, probably a great spring weekend if you were anywhere near the south especially golf south but uh, it was good stuff and it kind of was a fun weekend to tee off a new segment of the sports calendar the nhl playoffs are fully underway now and the nba playoffs uh, really started off with a bang with four games on saturday and four games on sunday and we're off and running and now we are barreling toward the nfl draft too fun time of year as we turn the corner past the final four and the masters the calendar keeps bringing us good stuff and so as we begin a new week on the black and blue report we've got that in mind and we'll get you ready for a lot of the action coming up this week on the nfl side we'll really begin churning at our uh, nfl draft preview as a matter of fact today we're going to check in with the tampa bay buccaneers nine and seven last year and obviously we're paying attention to the buccaneers they are in the nfc south as you know they'll be picking after the saints they'll select 19th in the first round have seven picks overall T.J. Reeves from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Radio Network is here today to talk about the Bucks offseason and what they might do uh, starting a week from Thursday. That's right, a week from Thursday is the NFL Draft. And as we mentioned, the NBA playoffs are in full effect now, and we're pleased to have Mark Kestisher from ESPN Radio back with us again. Mark is the lead voice of the NBA on ESPN Radio. He had Cavaliers Pacers on Saturday. He'll have them again tonight. He obviously was also paying attention to the other series in the NBA, and we'll talk with him about the opening weekend of the NBA's postseason and preview tonight's marquee game between the Cavaliers and the Pacers. So good stuff here for you on this Monday. Uh, it's a Monday that will find me traveling a bit. I'll share that with you uh, before the end of the show. And I'll also uh, ask you a question. You can get back to me on Twitter, or maybe Daniel will fire away at this question tomorrow. But I found myself... This morning, I hadn't been on Facebook in forever, and so I had a couple of friend requests. One of those friend requests in the picture of the person who shall remain nameless, Chicago Cubs paraphernalia. I had one previously with Atlanta Falcons paraphernalia. Does it make me a bad person that I did not accept their friend request or I'm giving it more thought because simply they had Cubs and Falcon stuff? I don't know. I'll leave, the, leave you with that question as we take our first break. When we come back, Mark Kestisher from ESPN Radio talking about the NBA playoffs, which are underway. Staying informed before and after a storm is critical. Hello, I'm Dave Mason, Entergy lineman and safety specialist. Sign up for text alerts by downloading the free Entergy app. If the power goes out, We'll keep you informed with outage maps and alerts. You can also visit EntergyStormCenter.com where you can learn how we are preparing for the storm and how you can prepare. That's EntergyStormCenter.com. The future is bright for our New Orleans Pelicans with the addition of all-star DeMarcus Cousins. 
along with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. The time is now to become a Pelican season ticket holder. For a limited time, receive a food and beverage gift card worth up to $600. So don't miss out on any of the action. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today and win the night. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes cancer patients come who were told they were out of options, but Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. We're talking NBA playoffs on the Black and Blue Report. All the game ones are now in the book for the NBA's opening round of the playoffs and kind enough to join us here on what we'll call Overreaction Monday as the lead voice of the NBA on ESPN Radio. That's Mark Kestisher, who's busy again today getting ready for a game two. Hi, Mark. Sean, good to be with you. And can you imagine what overreaction Monday, the meter would be at 11 here in Cleveland if C.J. Miles had hit that shot. I can't even imagine what it would sound like. Well, I can't, I can't either. Um, and I was a little surprised at, uh, at uh, Mr. George's comments after the game, although I think we were all thinking that. I was surprised he openly said what he said after the game, the loss for Indiana in game one. Yeah, it sounds like he walked it back a little bit yesterday, probably after – Larry Bird was uh, quoted in the Indianapolis Star when asked who should have had the last shot, and he said C.J. Miles should have taken the shot, and he did, just based on the situation. Look, you're right. We all know the greats of the game. You want them to have the final shot. They're usually going to have the final shot. Credit the Cavs for sending that hard double team, getting the ball out of his hands. And you know, at least the guys I've talked to yesterday – uh, looking at that final sequence on video, if you, like, really good shot from the baseline. Looking at C.J. Miles, I thought I saw him peek back at George, which I think he did, and LeBron was in the vicinity, and then the clock was winding down, and you got to make a call. And, and look, you know, as much as Paul George vocalized the fact that he wanted that last shot, C.J. Miles also vocalized the fact that I'm one of the better shooters in the league. That's a shot I can make. I didn't make the shot. They have to live with it. Uh, we're going to talk to Paul and uh, Coach Nate McMillan uh, in a couple of hours, and, and we'll see how they feel now, 48 hours removed from the game. But, yeah, I was surprised he vocalized it as well. You know, maybe C.J. Miles in that split-second time, you know, looked, took a peek and realized, hey, Paul George is like 0 for 15 in the same situation. Maybe I better <laughs> shoot this. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, we didn't have that stat handy for us right at the uh, very end. That thing popped out like moments later after the game came to a close. Uh, even Paul George, I think, was caught off surprise yesterday when the media delivered that to him, uh, that, that little factoid that came from the desks of our ESPN research crew. But, you know, same situation tomorrow, if it happens tonight. be interesting to see how they react 
Um, I almost got the sense that, look, the Cavs had a foul to give in that sequence. Remember, they fouled with about 10 seconds to go. Yep. And they showed that hard double so that the Cavs didn't go away from what they were going to do. Uh, it almost felt like Indiana didn't have the plan B ready, and I'm sure they're, they'll be well-schooled on that uh, come game two. I certainly uh, you know, gorged myself on NBA playoff basketball over the weekend, and your game uh, that you and John Barry called Cleveland-Indiana game one was one of several ra- rather compelling uh, affairs over the weekend, but there were some blowouts too. When you think back over the last two days, Mark, um, what, what else stands out for you as we head now into games two? Well, I think, uh, you know, we start on Saturday outside of our game. Uh, I think the fact that Utah was able to win on the road without Rudy Gobert, who lasted, what, 10, 15 seconds in that ball game, that was a stunner. And how that game went down without the timeout called, with Joe Johnson getting a favorable matchup. And, you know, that guy is just a killer in crunch time and comes up with a big win. I, I, look, we all think Milwaukee's got talent. If you had asked me 48 hours ago, and I was asked a few times, and I'm sure it sounds great now on tape, I thought Toronto was playing the best basketball in the Eastern Conference (laughs) coming into the postseason. And uh, again, Lowry and DeRozan's uh, field goal percentage in the playoffs, just abysmal. Those guys had a terrible game, and credit uh, to the Greek freak in Milwaukee in that one. Then on Sunday's games, you know, Portland uh, more than hung in there. You know, look, their their scoring sheet was very imbalanced. They had two guys that were carrying the load, and in the end, Golden State played great defense. Um, was not surprised at the, the Washington final against Atlanta in that one. Uh, I, I think I was a little surprised at the disparity of the Houston-Oklahoma City. I think uh, overreaction Monday hits there where everyone thinks that's going to be a sweep. I still think it'll be a longer series, though. Houston's a much better team uh, than people realize. Uh, moving forward and then of course uh you know a, a series you're gonna jump into in boston is all the emotion uh following isaiah thomas's sister passing and they just couldn't get over the hump and, and credit the bulls who one day you know look like they're a top four seed in the east and another day looks like they should be in the lottery and i guess that's why they were a 500 team but yesterday they made the plays yeah no doubt they won it with defense in the second half so mark let me ask you this and this what will uh, continue our theme here overreaction monday which which fan bases should truly be feeling good about their team situation here on Monday after even just one game? And which teams truly ought to be in panic mode at this point? <laughs> well, I think Golden State's going to feel good just because the talent they could throw out there. I think if you're the Rockets, you're like, look, we got possibly the MVP, the real MVP, if you will. Uh, and, and we've got a lot of guys around him. And Pat Beverly, no one ever talks about him, but uh, he's a real difference maker on that team. I think in the East, uh, if you're the Toronto Raptors, look, it's the same movie you've seen before. We lose game one at home. We seem to do this all the time, and we, we can we can come back from that. But, I mean, Milwaukee just looks scary good in that game, especially in the second half. And if you're the Celtics, you just don't know. If you're Celtics fans, I mean, you believe, but you just don't know the, um, the incredible emotional toll. Um, you know, what's going to happen moving forward with Isaiah as he tries to you know, move forward in his life and also, you know, the talent that Chicago possesses despite being an eight seed and going down to the final day of the season to make the team. I think the Celtics fans, you know, have reason to, to have some concern here after just one game. Yeah, fair enough. All eyes and ears back on Cleveland tonight. Uh, Cavaliers and Pacers, you'll have it with John Barry on ESPN Radio. Mark Gestisher, as you head off the shoot-around today, as you know, the postseason is all about possessions and adjustments what kind of conversations regarding those two things do you think you'll hear about today leading into the second game? 
Well, I think uh, for the Cavaliers, it's going to be about defense. I think that's going to be a huge topic today. Did it improve at all? It didn't look like it for the first three quarters. They came up with maybe three or four big stops, including that last one in the fourth quarter. So when we talk to Ty Lue and we're going to speak to Kevin Love today, you know, one of my angles is certainly going to be, did we see enough there at the end that you can project forward into game two? Because they're not going to go far without playing a good brand of defense. I mean, since the All-Star break, only one team had worse defensive efficiency than the Cleveland Cavaliers. That was the Los Angeles Lakers. So their defense has been abysmal here in the second half. So you can hear a lot about that. For Indiana, you know, as good as Paul George was and as good as Lance Stevenson was off the bench, uh, just looking at some of the uh, analytics this morning, they seem to settle uh, for, for jumpers, for perimeter jumpers, not just three-pointers, but, you know, 15 feet and out. And when Tristan Thompson's not on the floor, Cleveland is soft underneath in the middle. They really could have used Andrew Bogut, who they only got 58 seconds from. You know, maybe uh, Jeff Teague we saw it in the final game of the regular season, driving to the rim with success in the third quarter. Paul George himself maybe needs to drive a little bit more. Uh, they also have some defensive questions. So I think defense is going to be the overall theme for both of these teams because we had a halftime score that you don't anticipate for the postseason at 66-59 to 59, uh, is what we had in the, uh, in the first game of this series. So I think D is going to be the overruling over, uh, theme here today. Great stuff as always. Friends, if you have not checked out ESPN Radio's coverage of the NBA playoffs with uh, Mark and John, you need to do so. No offense to the TV guys, it's just a really great listen. And uh, new this year, you can listen to Mark and John tonight on your ESPN app as well if you're uh, uh, not nearby a, an ESPN affiliate. So all the best, uh, Mark. Thanks again. I know you're very busy this morning, and I very much appreciate your time and your thoughts about the first weekend. Well, appreciate you calling in. Uh, safe travels to Boston, and I'm sure we'll see you down the road. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. Mark Kestisher, NBA on ESPN Radio. Are you ready for a slimmer and trimmer you? Smoothie King's new and improved Slim and Trim meal replacement smoothies are here. Now with just 250 or fewer calories per 20-ounce cup, they're slimmer and trimmer than ever. Keep your diet on track and feel fuller longer with at least 11 grams of protein and 6 grams of fiber. Add Smoothie King to your diet today with new and improved Slim and Trim smoothies in three delicious flavors. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Diet and weight loss depend on individual needs, eating right, and exercising daily. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. I think I've said this before on the Black and Blue Report that if you if you don't have the TuneIn app, you probably need to get your hands on it. It's something I go to just about every day. I think it's a tremendous uh, tool for any sports fan. And uh, one of the guys who's making a lot of that stuff go over there is our good friend T.J. Reeves. And while... I want to promote TuneIn Radio and what he does there. For our purposes today, we welcome TJ back because of his role as sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hi, TJ. 
Good to be with you. Thank you for the plug. Yes, I wear several hats this time of year. Take the tune-in hat off after the Final Four, for example, and now we start talking Buccaneers because the off-season program is underway, and we're about to have that little draft thing Yeah, I think you might ask me a question or two about. I think that's probably where we'll end up, that's for sure, because it's sneaking up on me as it will uh, be fully into it in just over a week's time, which, you know, that sounds a l- really strange at this point, but... Obviously, conversations with you and the folks in Atlanta and Carolina matter to New Orleans Saints fans. And so, kind of as our draft preview, we wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit about the Buccaneers, who do have seven picks. They'll pick 19th in the first round. And they're coming off of a 9-7 and seven season. And, TJ, I guess that's the first piece of good news, is that Tampa Bay is entering this offseason or has been spending this offseason as a winner, as opposed to have uh, maybe been playing from a different position here through these uh, offseason months. Well, and it's a good it's a good starting point for our conversation because two years ago they were coming off of a two and fourteen season and had the number one overall pick, and that's a position that, as Jason Light, the general manager, said, as much excitement as there was around can you get a quarterback, Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota. Honestly, that's a position where you get fired if you're the chief or you're the coach, and your team was that bad, and you have the number one overall pick, you you likely end up. On the uh, on the unemployment line uh, with that, so they don't want to be back there, and they have now made really solid progress. Two and fourteen became six and ten, and then it became nine and seven under the first year coach Dirk Cutter. Cutter had been the offensive coordinator, takes over as the head coach last year, so they have made progress, and now that E word expectation is there for this upcoming season that you take the next steps. You become a 10, 11, 12 win team. You contend to knock off the Falcons and win the South and or contend to win the NFC. So progress being made, work still to do, and the draft's going to be an important part of that for this team. No doubt. And, and I think when we talk about the draft and what each individual team is doing, two things factor in, TJ. One is what do they accomplish during free agency? And then two, there's always the strange thing. Like, for example, the running back situation with Doug Martin and, and what that means moving forward. So if you were to combine what the Bucks did in free agency and then a situation that's, you know, obviously reared its ugly head with regard to Martin, you know, what, how does that set the stage for next week? Well, the Buccaneers made a couple of splashes. The first big splash was Deshaun Jackson, the speed receiver from the Redskins, because they desperately needed somebody of that type, a, a guy that can go vertically down the field, stretch the defense, so, big move in free agency was to spend uh, about $30 million guaranteed on him. Uh, they did not go and make a big splash in terms of running back. They re-signed Jaquiz Rogers. Jaquiz Rogers, you, you mentioned the NFC South, played mm-hmm. for the Falcons for many years, and Saints fans are aware of that name. Uh, and, and he had some solid games for the Bucks. Uh, is a veteran, was, uh, was basically brought in even after training camp last year. So they re-signed him on a short-term deal. The real question mark, as you mentioned, is Doug Martin, who is the former second-leading rusher in the NFL two years ago in the 2015 season and got a huge contract with a lot of guaranteed money, got injured early last year, and then got a PED suspension at the end of last season. And so... When that happened, it clouded his future completely as to whether or not he's the he's the running back of the future for the Bucks. It also voided Sean all the guaranteed money in his deal. So the Bucks hold all the cards here. He's wow. suspended right now for the first three games of the upcoming season, and he has no guaranteed money now in his contract, per the clauses in his contract. So 
if he's not in shape, if he's not what they want, they can get rid of him, and there's very little salary cap ramification as well uh, at this point. So uh, that's what they're looking at with Martin, and that and that leads to the next thing that I know you want to talk about is what do the Bucks do at draft, and would it would it be at 19 a running back here to add to the uncertainty of veterans that they have in the mix? So. Are we gonna? Are we ready to say that running back is as big as a need as anything else in this ball club right now? Because I think that's where we're leading toward, is it? I don't know that it's the biggest need, but it's a big need. Okay. And do you do you have a legitimate shot? I mean, I know everybody in your market is going crazy about Leonard Fournette. Fournette's not going to be there at nineteen. Uh, I don't know that he's there even at fifteen. He may not be there at ten. Somebody may take him in the top ten. So if you're the Buccaneers and Christian McCaffrey of Stanford, for example, may be available at 19, maybe not. Dalvin Cook at Florida State, a lot of people down here are screaming about that name. He played one season with Jameis Winston at Florida State. He's had a tremendous uh, career. He's the all-time leading rusher at FSU. Is he available at 19? What happens if you're standing pat at the 19th pick and you're the Bucks, and none of those guys are there? Do you still take another running back? They, they brought Joe Mixon, the controversial Oklahoma running back, in and talked to him. I think that may be too soon. What do I know? To take him in the first round at 19. So they're in kind of a curious spot on do you move up to, to better your chance to get one of those big-name running backs? Do you sit where you are and see if one of them falls to you and maybe try to get it. It's a deep running back draft. Get a get a lesser known running back in the second round or the third round that can maybe help you as as uh, 2017 and 2018 unfold. Okay, fair enough, and uh, and all that makes sense. Otherwise, though, TJ, when you're looking at you know what could have be available at 19 and does it fit a need for Tampa? In your eyes, can they match need with best player available easily here in round one at sitting at 19, or is this going to be a little more of a challenge? No, I think they can because they have other needs, at, 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 for example, at tight end. And they, they have taken a strong look, in particular, to Miami tight end David Njoku. And fans may not know that name, but you better get used to that name in the next 10 days leading up to the draft because Njoku is likely going in the first round right, right out of the ilk of guys like Greg Olson, um, uh, Kellen Winslow that have been tight ends at Miami that have been drafted high and had success uh, early on in the NFL. So uh, his measurables are off the charts in terms of his 40 time, his vertical leap, his reach. Uh, he is a he is an athletic six six tight end, and the Buccaneers have talked to him, have worked him out. Uh, that and they're thin at tight end, Sean. So that is a name. If you're talking about defensive players, a defensive end is a need, and there are several defensive ends in this draft that you could see going late first round, even at 19, to the Buccaneers. One of those guys is a great name, Taco Charlton. Who doesn't enjoy a taco? Taco Charlton of Michigan is another guy that they've talked to and many others have talked to. He might very well be there at 19. So the Bucs could go tight end. The Bucs could go defensive end as well. Yeah, I, the pass rush thing is uh, obviously a hot topic around here as well. And, and while we talk about hot topics, if you were to pull Buccaneers fans, TJ, whether they're right or wrong, what what are they clamoring for? I think most of them would want the running back. That's the sexy, you know, people don't want to talk about defensive ends. People don't want to talk about offensive linemen. You know this. Yeah. They, they see the highlights of Leonard Fournette or Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook, and they want that. Is that realistic? Is that attainable? Uh, that, that's the real question. And here's another thing. You can't win in the NFC South if you can't get after the quarterback. And this team's got solid defensive tackles 
but they need more in terms of defensive ends. Robert Ayers is a veteran that they signed as a free agent. They drafted a young kid, Noah Spence, who had been at Ohio State uh, and then uh, got kicked out of Ohio State and was at Eastern Kentucky playing one double-A fall. They drafted him in the second round last year, and that's about it, that this team has a defensive end in terms of pass rushers. So you can't have enough of those. So while it may not be something fans are clamoring for, you may be just going off to go get a pass rusher if there's a quality pass rusher there at 19 or early on in your draft. Smart stuff. One last thing for you, TJ, and that's this. You mentioned Joe Mixon. Of course, Reuben Foster might fall into this category for different reasons, but the, what I'm going to ask here is do the Buccaneers have a culture – leadership-wise, uh, the whole the whole package, or even the stomach to absorb a player that might have some off-field issues that either would possibly be distracting or would need some explaining? Well, the best example, we've already talked about him, is Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was so much controversy around whether you take him or not two years ago. And, and look, uh, the, the, I understand the arguments all the way around. Some teams will put the, uh, the famous – Letters D N D do not draft up on the board next to a next to a guy's name, and some have openly said that Dolphins are one of them. Although the Dolphins have a couple of quality running backs, we're not drafting Joe Mixon, and there are two or three other teams that have publicly said that we're not going to draft him because of the baggage. We don't want to deal with the questions. We don't want to deal with the controversy. But this team dealt with it with a with a firestorm around should they draft Jameis Winston because of the rape allegations and the investigation at Florida State. And I will say this, in being around him and looking at him develop into a, a, a leader and a young man that, that veteran players will follow, that's a classic example of players can grow up, players can mature, players can be different. Uh, Mixon admits the mistakes. The video that you see now from two or three years ago is horrible. Uh, but if he has grown up and, and if he is different, there are NFL teams who are going to be willing to bring him in. I don't know that it's the Buccaneers, but someone more than likely will and fairly early on night one or night two of the draft. Yeah, I love it when teams, by the way, say, oh, we're not going to do that when they have no need for that position. That's awfully convenient. <laughs> so I'm not – like, you know what? It's Monday. Like I I should say, we're not going to – we're not going to eat that second piece of cake or that third piece of cake. We already had two. We don't need it. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Good stuff. TJ, all the best. I hope that you're enjoying your offseason and uh, enjoy the draft next week. Yeah, it should be exciting, and uh, we'll see. And we're very intrigued to see what the Saints are up to uh, as well uh, because, obviously, uh, the schedule coming out later this week, we find out when the Bucks and the Saints tee it up twice in the NFC South. So. It's exciting stuff. It'll be here before we know it, Sean. Here's to a New Orleans visit to Tampa, say, late November, early December. That'd be fine with me. You like the warm weather. Yes, I like that. Yeah, I, I don't, like that. I don't necessarily... Better than being in Green Bay or Buffalo. True. Or, those or, or being outside in Tampa in September. Yes, true. <laughs> true. There are benefits, and then there are, you know, yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Be well, my friend. Thank you. TJ Reeves from TuneIn Radio and, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Radio Network. Bayou Country Superfest is coming to New Orleans, starring Blake Shelton. Miranda Lambert. Brooks and Dunn. Rascal Flats. Thomas Rhett. Hank Williams Jr. 
friends are coming over tonight. And more. Memorial Day weekend, May 26th through 28th at the air-conditioned Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Tickets on sale now with Blake Shelton, Miranda Lambert, Brooks and Dunn, Rascal Flats, Thomas Rhett, Hank Williams Jr., Fred Eldridge, Old Dominion, and more. Plus a free kickoff concert, May 26th. For hotel info, visit BayouCountrySuperfest.com. Sponsored in part by Bud Light, the official beer of the Bayou Country Superfest. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Daniel Sallerson will be hosting tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. The Tuesday edition will uh, originate right here from Studio B. I, don't, I haven't talked to Daniel yet about who he has on tomorrow. Complete surprise. We'll go with that. Um, we might talk a little Pelicans tomorrow. Certainly NBA playoffs. At, at least Daniel will make his observations on the Monday night action. Uh, more games tonight. Speaking of the NBA, thanks again to Mark Kestisher from ESPN Radio and uh, also to T.J. Reeves today uh, previewing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers draft situation, also kind of looking back at what they did in free agency. So great to have him on today and more NFL draft stuff all week long here on the Black and Blue Report. I'm off to Boston today. I'm excited because I get to call tomorrow night's um, Bulls-Celtics game two uh, for ESPN Radio and uh, that series has now become even more intriguing, as if the Isaiah Thomas family tragedy uh, certainly wasn't enough to, to watch or gather your sympathies. Uh, now the fact that the Bulls have taken away home floor advantage as the eighth seed makes tomorrow night's game intriguing. So I'm looking forward to that. I'll report back to you on Wednesday as to how it went, and uh, we'll uh, bring you some something from the ball game tomorrow night to, uh, to share with you that we normally wouldn't get here in New Orleans. So with that being said, have a great rest of your Monday. If you're traveling today, be safe. I know a lot of folks are returning from family and friends or maybe heading out on business this week. Uh, Take care, everyone, and uh, we'll see you next time right here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.